Let's take our Bibles together to two places. How about Matthew chapter 7 and Luke chapter 6. Matthew chapter 7 and Luke chapter 6. What we'll read tonight as children, most of us were taught, even I remember it being spoken of in public school, about the golden rule. And um, the little phrase, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That's not exactly how the Bible reads, but that is the essence of what we'll read tonight. But we're going to look at these verses a little deeper. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 12, the Bible says, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. You know, that really shows a whole bunch about your heart. On one end, it could show how bad your heart is. The, most, the majority of people, they would want people to give them a million dollars. What would you like so-and-so to do to you? Think about that. If you had ten wishes, what would you wish for? For somebody to do for you. And then the question is, would you be willing to do that for them? I mean, that's a, that's a big statement. So many things Jesus said just upset everything. And people that thought they were pretty religious or doing pretty well, when he would say something, they'd know how much they'd missed the mark. But uh, he said in verse 12 of Matthew 7, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Now, I've, I've got a little problem here because the other time Jesus talked about this is the law and the prophets, he mentioned it, that it was keeping the first and the second commandment. Remember that? If you keep the first commandment, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, and if you'll keep the second commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, he said this is all the law and the prophets. In this verse, he says, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. But the law and the prophets to keep what God has commanded us in that Old Testament, it's more than just our responsibility to man. It's also our responsibilities to God. In other words, if you do what you ought to do just to your fellow man, you can still miss the greatest commandment, which is doing what you ought to do to, toward God. You follow me? So I think there's more in this verse than a casual reading would give. Go to Luke chapter 6. It's repeated there in this gospel. In Luke chapter 6 in verse number 31... Luke 6, verse 31, the Bible says, 
And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? Well, wait a minute. If I'm doing unto others, I'd have them doing unto me. If they're loving me and I'm loving them, I've fulfilled it. Right? That's not, evidently not. Because he's saying, if you're loving people that love you, that's doing unto others. He's saying you're still missing the mark. So there's something else here. For if you love them which love you, what thank you for sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them, which do good to you. No way, I thought that's just what he's talking about. But it's deeper. It's deeper than this. If ye do good to them which do good to you, what think of ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive. Again, that's doing unto them as you'd have them do to you. Right? If, if, if you expect people to lend to you and you're lending to them, you'd think, well, I fulfilled this golden rule. Evidently not because he's saying, I'm not even going to thank you for that. There's something else here, I'm telling you. 34, if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank of you for sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But I thought that was the golden rule. 35, but love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. Wait, 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 wait. I thought if I'm doing good, they'd do it back to me. He said in this verse, but love your, your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind. Now this is where I'm interested. He is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your father also is merciful. He swaps it. And he says, okay, this I'm not just talking about how you interact with each other. I'm really talking about how you're interacting with me. I'm wanting you to be like me. I'm not just wanting you to try to cultivate a relationship with someone else. I'm ultimately trying to get you to cultivate a relationship with me. You know, all these precepts that God gives us so many times about our responsibilities to our fellow man. He does that because we're so self-centered. And if he does not focus our attention on our fellow man, we never see what's wrong with us. In other words, he shows us something about ourselves as we look at our responsibilities to our fellow man. He shows us our relationship with himself as as we interrelate to each other. In other words, I can't be right with God if I'm not right with you, and you can't be right with me if you're not right with God. He uses our relationships as an example of our relationship with him. And what he's saying in this text is, this golden rule is much more than just our own interactions. You know, God knows that we're very man-centered, in any way. We're either self-centered or we're man-centered. If you're self-centered, that's real bad. If you're man-centered, that's not too much better. 
somewhere you, we've got to be God-centered. But the reason God gives this golden rule, as it's been mentioned, is because he's trying to get me to be God-centered. He's trying to get me to become like his character is, you see. For example, he tells husbands and wives how they are to interact together. And he says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, he says, if that does not happen the way I'm telling you to conduct yourself, your prayers will be hindered. In other words, if you're failing this way, then your prayers this way are going to have a problem because you've missed something about me as you have dealt with one another as husband and wife. That's also true about the rest of the authority in the home. Can a child be right with God if a child is not right with his parents? Can a child be in obedience to God if the child is being disobedient at home? But why does God want that child to obey the parent? Why does God want that wife to submit to that husband? Why does God want that husband to let Christ be his head and his authority? Because all of it is teaching us in our relationships something about our responsibilities toward God. You remember in Matthew chapter 5 when Jesus talks about a guy that brings his offering, his gift to the altar, and he says if he remembers that... That, that his brother have aught in his heart. He said, leave the gift there. Then, Because so many times we think we can be right with God and not right with each other. I heard, I heard it again today. I don't have to be in church to be right with God. Well, you don't, you, you don't know anything about God if you'd say that. Because God requires us to have certain responsibilities with one another, to be right with Him. And there's a reason that he mentions this golden rule. He says this. He said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, he said, how can you love God whom you've not seen if you can't love your brother whom you, you can see? In other words, I'm trying to teach you something about me as you're relating to your fellow man. And the golden rule is no different. Do you remember when uh, Samuel started, came to God, he started talking to God, and they rejected Samuel? In 1 Samuel 8, 7, God says to Samuel, they've not rejected thee, they've rejected me. He basically said the same thing to Moses when all that went down. Because there's a requirement of our relationships to be right this way, if our relationship with the Lord is going to be right. Now, why does he give the golden rule? What's that got to do with what I'm talking about? We expect our spouse to treat us a certain way. Right? Many times we don't expect to treat them the way they treat us, though that's the golden rule, right? We expect our kids to... Treat us a certain way. We expect our friends, our church members to treat us a certain way. We expect much more from other people than we do expect from ourselves. 
That's why God gave us the golden rule, because he, or what is called the golden rule, because he knows that we are expecting more of other people toward us than we expect of ourselves toward them. Now, if, if you don't believe that, you need to sit down and pray a little longer because we are so self-centered that we do expect a whole lot more from people than we're willing to judge our own selves in that matter. All of us. I mean, we're, we're, it's just the way we are. We expect everybody to have a good day with us. But we allow ourselves to have a bad day with others. We expect everybody to talk to us. That, that, that's the classic in, in church. From, from the time I was a little boy till the present, <laughs> nobody talked to me at church. Do you think, can you think just a minute what that statement says? That means you didn't talk to anybody. Why? Because we expect everybody to be friendly to us, but we don't have the same expectation for me to be friendly to everybody. Come on now, this is introduction, guys. This is not, it's not even what I'm trying to talk about tonight. But all of that is just a picture of something else. It's, it's, a bigger, it's a bigger lesson to learn than just how I'm to treat other people and to let me know something about my own heart. Because again, we're not, really, we're not to be self-centered. We're not really to be man-centered. We're to be God-centered. So let me ask you a question. How do you expect, this is the golden rule, with God. How do you expect God to treat you? Are you treating Him that way? I'm telling you, the golden rule is not just about us with our fellow man. It's about us with God. So I jotted down a few things about how we expect. Listen now. Just like the thing with people. We expect so much from God. But we expect very little from ourselves to God. So I want to take the golden rule and I want to apply it to you and your life and my life to God. As you would that He would do to you. Are you doing that to Him? Let's examine that just for a minute in just a couple areas. Can we do that? What if God thought about you as much as you think about Him? Again, what's the golden rule? I need to do to you as I want you to do to me. If I apply that to God, do you want God to think about you? Aren't we so blessed by texts like Matthew 6 and Matthew 10 where he says, even the very heads of your head. 
the hair of your head is numbered. And uh, I see when the sparrow falls, and aren't you more vile than many sparrows? And, and, and if God so clothed the grass of the field, don't you think he's thinking about you and know what you need? Aren't we comforted by that, that God knows what we need? Now, how would he know it if, if he never thinks about me? He does think about me, doesn't he? But what if he thought about it about me as little as I think about him? What if one day the golden rule was actually put into practice? Look at take your Bible to uh, Psalm chapter eight. God thinks about us, and you know sometimes that's not a really good thing. <laughs> Because I read over there in Genesis chapter 6, he, he thought about man, he saw the imagination of their heart, only evil continued. Can you imagine being God in heaven and thinking about all that's going on down here? I don't even, I don't, that's why I don't even watch the news. I don't even like to hear about what's going on, let alone have, have really perfect knowledge about it. Think about God. You know what the Bible says? He saw all that. And it grieved him at his heart. When you think about God, do you want to be burdened and grieved? When you think about God, do you just want to feel guilty? And Or when you think about God, of course, you're not going to find anything wrong with him. We've got a much greater reason to meditate on God and think about God than He does us. We, we benefit with that. He doesn't really benefit too much by thinking about us. Psalm chapter 8, the Bible says, verse 4, What is man that thou art what? Mindful. His mind is full of us. Look at Psalm chapter 40. Psalm chapter 40, great text. Psalm of David, Psalm chapter 40, verse 5. David says, Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. He says, God, your thoughts of, of, about us is more than, than, than can even be numbered. Can't even number that high. Verse 17. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. He's thinking about him. What if God put the golden rule into effect in our lives do we think on the Lord what do we think about what's our mind occupied with the Bible tells us to cast all our care upon him for he cares for us the Lord Jesus is totally interested in understanding and knowing about all my infirmities and cares but my question is, how much do I think about his interest, his concerns? Is, this is either too simple or it's too deep. Because I expect God to be watching and looking. And Lord, 
when that car comes and it's about to hit me, you just make sure that safety of the Lord is there. Everywhere I'm going, Lord, I want you to be watching. Right? I want you to be thinking about me and considering where I am. Aren't you glad when you bow your head, it doesn't matter what's going on in your day or in your life, immediately and you go to God, it's not like God says, okay, can you fill me in on that? I'm sorry, I've been occupied, I've been busy, I don't really know what's going on. Come ahead and tell me about it. Aren't you glad the Lord's not that way? He's already thinking about your circumstance. His mind is on you. The golden rule would tell me that my mind should be on him. Unless you don't want him to think about you anymore. What if God thought as little about me as I do about him? Something to think about. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in it. Look at Psalm 63. It'll really go to our next verses too in in Colossians chapter 3 when the Bible tells us to set our affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Guys, do you know what we think about? Guys, all of us, we are all guilty. We spend our days, our moments, and our hours thinking about so many things but God. But we really expect him to come to attention and be aware of me. Something doesn't give right there. So he says here in the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 63 and verse number 6, David says, now remember, David says, God, you're thinking on me. But, but look, look at how it's reciprocated. Would you look how it's reciprocated? Psalm 63, 6. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. He's not just, you know, usually when we talk about meditating, we we talk about thinking about the things of God, we're talking about thinking on the Bible. The Bible says thou shalt meditate therein day and night. We're supposed to be meditating on the word of God, right? But that's not all we're supposed to be meditating on. We're also supposed to be just thinking about God. Just meditating about Him. His works, yes. His word, yes. But His person. And David says, I'm sitting on my bed, God, and I'm just remembering you, and I'm thinking about you, and I'm meditating on you. I'm telling you what, the Lord reciprocated the golden rule in David's life. He was constantly thinking about David, but David was constantly thinking about him. Look at Psalm 104. I mean, really, why, why, why should God even care about this world? This world doesn't care about him. Why should God be thinking on the plight of man when man is never thinking about God? Psalm 104, verse 34. My meditation of him shall be sweet. What a verse. You know, I think a lot of people when they think about God, 
It's not sweet thoughts. Maybe they have something to blame him for. Aren't you glad God didn't think about you that way? Boy, he's messed up everything. How much of the things of God have we just messed up? (laughs) She just messed up everything. But no, he's got good thoughts toward us. So our meditation of him needs to be reciprocated. It needs to be sweet. We need to think about his character and his power and his holiness, his righteousness, his kindness, his long-sufferingness. I mean, think about God. Guys, I'm just convinced we can come to church and not even think about God. Well, how about the second thing? This golden rule with God, what if God thought about me like I think about him? What if God communicated with me like I communicate with him? Aren't you glad God speaks to us? He doesn't just do it in one way. He speaks to us through the preaching of the word of God. He speaks to us when we open up the Bible and just read it for ourselves. He speaks to us through His Spirit. He can speak to me through a song. He can speak to me as I'm driving down the road, as I look up at His creation. The Spirit of God can speak to me in a variety of ways. Isn't it a privilege for God to speak to us? Don't you want Him to keep talking to you? What if He talked to you about as much as you talked to Him? You see the golden rule? I'm telling you, it's not just manward, it's Godward. Fulfilling all the law and the prophets. I need to do toward God how I expect God to do toward me. I want God to speak to me when the preaching is done. I want God to speak to me when I'm reading the Bible. I don't want to open the Bible and it be a dead book and I don't get anything out of it. And then blame God, well, I read the Bible, I didn't get anything out of it. Well, what if he's just talking to you as much as you're talking to him? I think it's something to think about. Now, he's merciful and he's kind, but I just think, I don't think Jesus said this for for no reason. I mean, we do know. He he said, you know, if, if you want God to be merciful to you, you need to show some mercy. If you want God, if we want God to forgive us, we've got to show forgiveness. If we want God to speak to us, we have got to be willing to talk to Him. It should not be a one-way conversation. Mm. Mm. We come to church three times a week. An hour. Usually, Sunday's a couple hours. Well, three hours. We've got three services, main services. I wonder how many people that name the name of Christ that come to our church talk to God for at least three hours a week. I just don't know why. God, I'm just not getting fed. I'm just, I don't feel like God's speaking to me. Well, why don't you talk to Him? 
Do unto God as you would have him do to you. If it works with each of us, it ought to work with the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about Abraham and Moses. They were both God's friend. The Bible says that God spoke to Moses as a man face to face, like a man speaks to his friend. But that wasn't a one-way conversation. I think it's, uh, it's, it is so joyful to watch the interaction between Abraham and God. God comes down and he, the Bible says he'll, he'll, he'll be talking with Abraham. And then he left, left off speaking to him, left talking to him. And then he'd go away and he'd come back and talk to him again. Then Abraham would commune with him and he'd talk to him. I, I think probably that the reason God talked to Abraham so much is because he wasn't talking to a stone-cold statue. He was talking to somebody that was speaking back. So why don't we continue the conversation? I think there's a great quietness right now across the globe. But, but I don't think the problem's with God. I just think, you know, if man's not interested... He told us in his word to pray without ceasing. What if God talked to you without ceasing? Well, how would that be? Well, that'd put a skip in your step, wouldn't it? If, if, if you didn't have to wait till you got to church, but amen, before you could get in the car, he was talking to you. I, I've, I've had seasons in my life that's that way. I was wondering if God would even leave me alone. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'd go up to church and he'd be there. I'd go out in the field and he'd be there. I'd get in the car and he'd be there. And he just keeps, he is talking to me without ceasing. And maybe sometimes his communication is, I need to repent and get right, and this thing's not right. And a lot of times it is just the peace and the joy and the blessing of the Holy Ghost warming across the, the, the coals of my heart. And he's just so real to me. And when he does it without ceasing, oh, what? It's like D.L. Moody said, I can't take no more. Pray without ceasing. Maybe God will talk without ceasing. What if we practice the golden rule with God? I'll give you a third thing. I just got four here. Look at Acts chapter 17. What if God thought about me as much as I did of him? What if God talked with me as much as I talked to him? Then Acts chapter 17. Acts 17 verse 25. Verse 24 says... Acts 17, 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he what? He giveth to all life and breath and all things. What if God gave to me like I give to him? 
Now, you said, preacher, you want to talk about money? No, I'm not really talking about money. There's a whole lot of different things you can give to God. God gives you a whole lot of different things. In this verse, it says he gives us life and breath and all things. First Timothy chapter 6, he says he giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now, he does give you money or you, you, you wouldn't have any. He gives you the ability to work. He gives you health. He gives you, he gave you your breath. He gives you gravity so you won't fly off this planet. He gives you sunshine. He gives you rain. He makes the grass grow. He keeps the planets in place. He tells the sun to stay right there and the moon to stay right there so you don't freeze to death or burn to death. He gives us all kind of things. Not just money. But what am I giving to Him? Do I expect so much from God and so little from myself? You know, what we, you know what we expect God to give us? Help. I mean, we, there's the sunshine and the rain and all that. Amen. But I tell you what, so many times what I need, I need help. <laughs> oh, God, would you please help me? Right? Will we help him? You say, what does God need help with? A whole lot of things. Do you know God doesn't go around and witness to people? He needs help with that. You know, God doesn't uh, live the Christian life in front of this world so they can find out about Him. He didn't do that. He needs help with that. He needs us to do that. Boy, I tell you, we expect God to help us, but how little we expect to help Him. Golden rule. What if He only helped me as much as I offered my help to Him? You know what God gave me? He not only gave me all those things I mentioned, you know the greatest thing He gave me? Himself. You see the golden rule, church? We are so glad and our whole eternity depended on the fact that God gave us Himself. If He hadn't gave us Himself, we could not be saved. We would not be saved. Have we given Him ourselves? Did we expect God to give us, but we do not expect ourselves to give to God? You know why? The same reason I expect people to treat me good, but I don't treat them back. I'm self-centered. I'm not God-centered. That's what I believe Brother Earl was mentioning when he told me, he said, Preacher, if he never does another thing for me, I just going to give him a salute. Because he doesn't owe me anything. He's given me so much already. I'm not expecting anything else from God. 
I'm just going to give him myself. And if he did not even give me anything, I'm still going to give to him because that would be the golden rule. You say, well, this verse says he doesn't need anything. Yeah, in essence, he doesn't. But he tells us in his word that we should give to him. He tells us in his word that we can we can give our children to him, we can give our lives to him, we can give our service, we can give our witness, we can give him our money, we can give him our time. Hmm. Well, let me give you the last thing, I'll be done. Verse Ephesians chapter two. So the golden rule with God. What if God thought about me like I think about him? What if God talked with me like I talked to him? What if God gave to me like I gave to him, like I give to him? And then Ephesians 2, the Bible says in verse number 4, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. What if God loved you like you love him? That Bible says, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says, unto him that loved us and washed us from our, our sins in his own blood. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. God loves us unconditionally. Does he not? Does he not? Does God love us based upon our works? Does he? Do we earn God's love? Why does he have to earn yours? So many people get bit out of shape with God because God didn't do this and God didn't do that. And I, and I got the short end of the stick here and this is not fair and I don't like this and why didn't... And so they don't love God because they're basing it on works. God's got to work to get their love. But we don't have to work to get His love. You know what I say? I say we ought to love Him from the depths of our soul. Amen. If we wind up on skid row. Because he deserves to be loved. Can't say the same thing about myself. Do unto God as you'd have him do unto you. We love him because he first loved. We don't even love him first. He loves us first. You know what I think God's doing? God is practicing the golden rule. I'm loving you. Would you love me back? I'm giving to you. Would you give back? I'm talking to you. Would you talk back? I'm thinking about you. Will you think about me back? Hmm. Amazing love. How can it be? So how is my love amazing? <laughs> you know what I think? What else does God have to do to get us to love him? <laughs> but this book says, if a man love God, the same is known of him. 
And those that love him the most are the ones that know they've been forgiven the most, Luke chapter 7. It's the greatest commandment. It's the question of Jesus to Peter. And I just want to know if you, in your heart, expect God to love you like you're loving him. Let's not be so man-centered. Let's get it God-centered. I'm telling you, he gave us that golden rule to look at our relationship with others, but to change it and really to start looking at our relationship with him. Because he's the one that's really lent, lent everything to us. He's the lender, expecting to get nothing in return. And we ought to, we ought to lend him back everything we have. He's the one that's loving when we were the enemies. That's in that whole text. He is the one that's the epitome of the fulfillment of that. And that's the way I need to be in my life toward the Lord. I think many times we live our lives and we don't consider God unless we consider Him in light of what He's doing for us. Amen. When I come to church, I love to get a blessing. But I tell you what, I really want Him to get a blessing. Because I know he's here and I want him to have a smile. Amen. And I like it when I get to raise my hand and somebody else raises their hand. And when somebody gets blessed and when somebody gets happy. But I tell you what, if we could do that for the Lord.